Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much for joining in on another episode of the Access Potential podcast. We're up to episode number 102, and I'm really excited today to sit with Bernadette Jiwa. So Bernadette is a storyteller. She's a teacher. Uh, She's a little bit of a hero of mine, if I'm totally honest. Uh, I guess a bit of the backstory is... uh, Soon after I went through Seth Godin's Alt MBA, which you can hear a little bit more about in episode number 100, if you go back a couple, uh, I got an email about a new workshop that was coming up, and it was called the Story Skills Workshop. And this had been created by Bernadette, who lives in Melbourne, here in Australia. And it sounded really cool, so I did a little bit of background research, uh, but basically just jumped straight in. And in this workshop, Bernadette teaches people like you and I how to basically craft better stories. She introduces the story structure, uh, a bit of a framework to use to basically understand how we can use stories to connect uh, emotionally with the people that we want to serve, whether it's in our marketing, our copy, our emails, whatever it might be. So this was a real eye-opener for me. Uh, Obviously, I'd been writing bits and pieces in the blog, that kind of thing, and I'd done a little bit of creative writing, but I had never looked at story structure in this way. Uh, So it was really cool and I particularly enjoyed how she taught us about the neurological changes in the brain, uh, which obviously impacts the physiology as we go through a story structure. And this of course resonates with me because this is something I'm really interested in. So anyway, I was all in, it was an amazing workshop. And so I was super excited, am super excited to have Bernadette in this conversation today. Uh, We talk a little bit about her background, how she got into this space, and talk a little bit about story in general. So, you know, you guys have heard me talk a lot about story and storytelling and personal story. Uh, Bernadette is, I guess, the hero for me in this area. She does amazing work. I hope you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, let's jump into it. This is John Marsh, and you're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. Beautiful. Uh, firstly, you know, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And um, I recognize that, you know, there's a lot happening now and there's, you know, can be uh, a lot of tension, a lot of stress and a lot going on for, for everybody. So I do really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm very grateful. You're very welcome. I'm happy to help, John. Okay. So uh, I guess, you know, if we, if we jump straight in, one of the things that I love to do is kind of flesh out people's story a little bit. And, you know, for you just quietly, like you're one of my heroes and, um, you know, I followed a lot of your work and you've changed how I think about uh, my writing and a lot of the work that I do. And, you know, you've authored nine books, is it from what I can tell? It is now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. actually, Yeah. And, um, most of these have a, you know, this, a small forward note on the front from another hero of mine, Seth, uh, Godin, and you know, you've created the Story Skills Workshop. You're a speaker, a mentor. Um, you know, you're teaching people to create change through story. You're an amazing storyteller. I look forward to your, you know, blog posts or the stories that come through each day. Uh, there's one I want to talk a little bit about later. But, um, you know, I'm wondering if you could, you know, to, to call yourself a storyteller and have this remarkable career and this amazing career that you've carved out. And I just wonder if you could give a little bit of context or background how 
how it came to be and how it came to be specifically story and, and how you sort of found yourself where you are. Well, John, there was no grand plan. I have to say to you, uh, I wrote this somewhere in a forum in the uh, community that I mentor at the right company this week that uh, the, nobody would be more surprised to know that I was uh, an author than my high school English teacher. So there was, there was no grand plan to do this work. I grew up in a very working class home in Dublin, Ireland, and we didn't have any books, but that didn't mean that there weren't any stories. Uh, we had a huge extended family and storytelling is sort of in our DNA. I have a friend um, who says that Ireland has a secret breeding program where they uh, put people in pubs and give them Guinness and, and produce amazing storytellers. So I think, I think part of it is my roots. That's not to say that storytellers um, or storytelling is an art or a gift. Actually, it's a skill that you can learn and it's, it's a skill that I've learned over the years. One blog post at a time. I didn't start writing until I was 40 and um, I've just tried to get better every day just by showing up and doing the work. Mm, it's amazing. And um, I, I think, you know, you mentioned this concept of, of the skill side and the skill aspect of the storytelling. And there was one thing that I wanted to uh, maybe touch on or, or kind of dive into, um, which is, you know, when I think of the word skill, I kind of think of something that we can all learn. And uh, and this this is great because obviously for me, I didn't start writing till very late and, and similarly like diving into stories later. Um, on your website, and I've heard this also come up a little bit, I think it was in the Story Skills Workshop when I went through that, which is an amazing program as well. Um, there's a line which is you already have an inherent advantage, the story only you can tell. And when I read it, the word uh, only pops out to me for some reason, it kind of like stands out and it gives me the sense of individuality or the sense of my story and or stories uh, and kind of contrasted with this skill, you know, that we can all pick up. I wonder if you could, you know, I'm curious just to talk about this, this concept of my story or the story that only a person can, can tell or share. Is anything come up around that? What comes up around that, John, is the fact that every one of us has a unique backstory. And when we talk about that in the context of business, we often get go into business and think, okay, we have to leave ourselves at home and be the professional and show up in our business and mask who we are. And if you do that, then you're absolutely missing out the opportunity, not just to do your most meaningful work, but to attract the people that you want to serve your right audience. And I think you probably through going through the story skills workshop have seen some incredible and heard some incredible stories from people who uh, were able to show up as themselves by understanding that they had a unique story to tell. 
and going back uh, and finding those stories is part is one of the skills that we have to learn to do we tend to forget our stories we tend not to have them on the tips of their of our tongues and going back to Seth I mean he, Seth is an incredible Seth Godin is an incredible storyteller because he uh, knows his stories and he rehearses those stories and he uses them over and over again to shine a light on things generously for other people. So it's, I think going through life, we've learned that we have to dumb ourselves down, not talk about ourselves too much. And um, I think we're missing out on an opportunity to be seen and heard and also to be believed, not just noticed by the people we want to serve. Mm, it, it brings up a memory. It's funny, a lot of the stuff's coming back to um, workshops and, and programs, um, but it brings up a memory. I did uh, Alt MBA, which mm. you'll know of. And uh, when, I, when I did it, so my parents live on this little island uh, off of New Zealand's northeast coast. And it's off the grid and there's no, like, so everything's run on solar and, and rainwater. And I had the opportunity to go there when I did Alt MBA, which is great because it's kind of this four weeks sort of sprint and it was quiet and it was beautiful. And one of the coaches, uh, he asked me, you know, how I was going and he sort of checked in and I said that one of the things that I was stuck on with my work was that I couldn't make my work. It felt like I couldn't make anything stand out and I couldn't make my work seen or noticeable or remarkable. And I, I was getting hung up on these, these sort of concepts. And he asked me, um, you know, he said, John, what are you, what are you not telling us? What are you not showing us? What, what part of you are you not bringing out? And it stumped me for like the rest of the three weeks, maybe even longer until I kind of realized that it was the sitting in the place and the whole, there was this whole, it brought out this whole, uh, it's quite transformative, this whole kind of personal story. Mm. And I was wondering, like, why was that so hard? What's the resistance that we have? You know, you mentioned going back to find these stories and that this is a skill and a practice. Why do we, why is it so hard? Why, why was that hard for me? Why do people often say, you know, oh, there's nothing kind of interesting or, um, I don't have any special stories or, or something like that. You are shining a light on something that comes up all the time in the story skills workshop. People, when people just start, they say, there's nothing special about me. I haven't had an epic life. Uh, I don't have this epic story to tell. And what we encourage people to do in the workshop is find the small, ordinary, everyday stories that can be extraordinary. Um, I think in our culture, we are too used to, uh, how shall I put this, looking to celebrity and, and thinking about that's how we make a difference. And there's only one way to show up in the world, and that's to be the most noticeable and the most obvious. And there are lots of people who are uh, like you and I, who are getting on with their work quietly in remote corners of the world. And maybe we don't know their names, but that doesn't mean they aren't making a difference. Mm, that's very powerful. And I can kind of, um, 
I can kind of resonate with that as well. The concept of the short stories, the daily events, you know, um, obviously you write a lot of these, which are really, really cool and, and really fun. And also, um, sometimes often quite moving as well. Um, there's a, an, another concept that I saw and I've seen before in your work, which is, um, this concept of you of creating change and it's it goes something like if you can't you can't create the right change with the wrong story and i kind of i kind of feel like i understand it but i also can see it in two ways and i kind of think i know the right answer but i'd love to talk about it and see if it fleshes if, if anything sort of comes out one being um wrong story is it being like i would pick a different story altogether or uh and and if this is the case potentially might that open up this feeling of not having a good one or is it more the wrong story being how i tell it how i structure it how i write it and you know going to kind of touching back on that skill set side of things and i was just wondering or curious if anything if you could kind of share anything else around this. There are a few things to unpack there. So um, when I say wrong story, I don't, I don't mean like going to school and making mistakes in your writing and, and the craft. Uh, let me give you an example. So there's uh, somebody I know who's been working on for the last six months at repositioning her business and she has a web design business but really her gift is actually not in that area she's got a, another special gift in the area of helping people to uncover what it is they want to do in the world but she's finding it very hard to own that and so she's coming up with all these narratives in her head around um, people will pay for web design but they won't pay for this thing whatever that thing is and in actual fact, what that stuff that she's doing around the discovery of your positioning and your unique value proposition to put, you know, business and marketing terms on them um, is much more valuable than the web design uh, services that she's offering. So I, I think part of it is owning what it is that makes you unique and being able to talk about that as opposed to finding the safer story. And maybe that's, uh, that's a word I need to change in, the, in that book or in that post, which is um, you know, we tend to gravitate towards the safe story, the easier mm -hmm. story to tell. And um, a lot of the time, the stuff that's harder to explain is the stuff that is the most powerful and we need to do the work of, of doing that. It's much easier for you to say, for example, John, uh, you know, I own a gym or I, 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 uh, am a personal trainer than to describe what it is you do now to help people to mm. uh, succeed. Mm, mm, okay. I love that. Um, Okay, a few things kind of came up there uh, for me. One, one, one was that concept of roles and, you know, looking, it's sort of, you mentioned back to the culture and looking at celebrities and if your thing isn't in a clear cut label, it can be difficult. 
And another thing that popped up was um, the stories that are hard to tell, uh, you know, and this is something that we're seeing so much in many parts of the culture right now, like emotionally charged and emotionally difficult to tell as well. Um, is that a place that we, I get not sh- don't use the word should, but is that a place to look into as well? When you, when you say that, like the, the stories that are difficult to tell or difficult to articulate, is there an emotional aspect to that or, or, um, yeah, does that ring it? Does that anything come up there? Uh, what comes up is that we tend to talk about very surface things on the surface and part of doing work that really matters and work that resonates is trying to go deeper than that. And if you look at things and the hard stories that we're, and the hard conversations we're having to have in our culture right now, um, you know, you can talk about a cause, you can talk about climate change or Black Lives Matter uh, to give two examples. But what makes those stories the most powerful is when we hear one story, when we hear one man's story, the story of um, George Floyd or Mm. the story of uh, Greta Thunberg. That's what makes those stories, uh, those causes more powerful. So when we go to the smallest unit of story, ironically, instead of just, um, you know, thinking about the global concept is when we get to the heart of why these stories matter Mm. so our day-to-day stories uh, and the day-to-day change that we that we see and the goodness that we see in the world is really important to talk about that stuff Mm. i want to dive into one of your recent uh blog posts which do you, do you call them blog posts or stories? Because they're mostly stories, or should I say blog posts? They're, they're blog posts. Yeah. So one of the recent ones, it was actually this week, and you talked about uh, a CEO of an Australian mm-hmm. supermarket chain. And, you know, for context, if you're listening, all of the stores kind of shut down and there was this sort of panic buying in the Australian supermarkets uh, with the coronavirus. And that they started to send this weekly newsletter and communicate with, I guess, their customers or their audience. And at the beginning, this newsletter that they sent was basically to talk about uh, supply levels and help to curb sort of the panic buying and, you know, a lot of the fear. But then, you know, the feeling that I got from reading your story was it started to become something more than that. And there was a sense of connection or communication with, this person and the business and kind of what they stood for in their lives and that the newsletter actually helped to build, you know, some trust and maybe in relationship with these people and that they stopped, they stopped sending it when it was going to open back up and you actually asked them to keep going, which I love and that they did, which is really cool. I wonder if you can talk a little bit, um, just a little bit more about this, you know, it's as simple as sending a weekly newsletter. Uh, and I work with a lot of small businesses and this concept of, of communicating and, 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 and t- whether it's stories like starting something is really, really powerful. There's those who are doing it well and those who aren't, and it's a clear, it's a clear difference in the outcome down the track. Uh, 
can you talk about this at all? Like whether that's particular story, maybe go a bit deeper on the concept. Yeah. If you think about, so in Australia, the, we've got these two big box supermarket chains. They've got some challenges coming in now from overseas, but they, they actually normally get quite a bad rap. Uh, people love to hate on our supermarkets here uh, for, you know, for lots of reasons that we don't need to go into. Um, and what we, what was discovered in, in this whole crisis, which I think is really valuable, is it, it's the frontline people, is not just this anonymous brand or this anonymous um, corporation. It was the frontline people who were there day in, day out, trying to help us to get the supplies we needed. And I guess putting their own health and safety on the line by showing up to work, so essential workers. But what was interesting was that I didn't know who the CEO of this uh, company was before I started receiving these newsletters. So you got to learn, got to see the face of the person. He, you got to uh, see that they hear about the efforts they were making on behalf of their customers and their team. And essentially, what it did was by making that using storytelling as a bridge between. Uh, the company and the customers, you just created a, or they just created a deeper human connection with the audience. And if a giant corporation like an Australian supermarket can do that, the, what's the opportunity for your uh, clients and listeners who are small business owners to show themselves and show up and be vulnerable and empathetic to the people that they serve. So they're two of the key skills uh, in storytelling, uh, empathy and vulnerability. Mm. When, you, when, when you say vulnerability and when you talked about the, the face of the CEO, you know, you found out who it was and I'm guessing a sense of maybe some of their values and, and what they cared about and sort of these, these sort of human elements that start to shine through, uh, it brings up the concept for me, kind of the question of, you know, people talk about brand and personal brand and showing your face and, uh, and, and this kind of thing. And people can kind of, uh, there can be a lot of fear around that as well. Uh, that sort of exposure. Is it, you know, is it a concept of like, the more the better kind of thing or is it is it really just this conversation around starting with something it could be a newsletter or um you know what i mean because it's a social mm -hmm. media and it's like you can you can be everywhere if you want to uh but what we're talking about here was a simple sort of newsletter yeah the point is not to be everywhere everywhere the point is to have helpful conversations with your clients and your customers so when people ask me for definition of a brand, I would say that a brand is your promise. And my most simple definition of marketing is that marketing is a helpful conversation. So it doesn't have to be about promotion. It doesn't have to be about getting your face everywhere and making sure you have three Facebook posts every day, every week, whatever it is. It's, it's about how can I be helpful 
to the people that I want to serve. And I think that's what um, made the connection with the, with the CEO of the supermarket was I, I got the, the impression that they were genuinely trying to be helpful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's, you know, it was so interesting to watch when, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, cause you're in Melbourne, is it? Yeah. And there's a lot of good cafes down there. There's a lot of good cafes in Melbourne. What's oh, your, what's oh, mostly closed. Most, what, what's your favorite? I lived there for five years. What's your favorite one? My favorite one is Kerry Kerry Green. It's in Fitzroy Gardens. I don't know if you know it. It's uh, been open for takeaway all through um, the lockdown. And they did an incredible job with pivoting and just helping to serve the community that cafe um, shout out to them has got a great culture of serve, uh, serving the community the the owner there is a uh, friend and colleague james murphy and he is um, right on board with just being there for the community and being the most helpful um, service-based business that he can be i love that and that's kind of what i want wanted to talk on like there's some cafes similarly here in newcastle and when everything closed uh, i remember going for one coffee they were doing takeaways and people had you know socially distanced themselves all around this sort of grassy knoll uh you know maybe up to 300 meters away from this one cafe with enjoying their coffees and the one next door to them was closed. And I started to think about how, uh, you know, everybody knew the one that was open. They knew this, this woman who had owned it for, I think 12 to 15 years now and her whole story. And I think a lot of the, the stuff that you talk about um, and teach kind of clicked for me a little bit, but it, it sort of took this shutdown and so much chaos to see you know, the people who continued to thrive and continue to do well and pivot. But it was, it was almost this feeling of we'll show up anyway. We'll show up mm -hmm. for you because we're kind of part of your story. And they pivoted and some stuff worked, some stuff didn't, but still we came, you know what I mean? So they, what they do, uh, and it's the same in James's Cafe, um, Kerry, Kerry, there's, a, there's a, a grassed area out there. And what they do is they create a sense of belonging to and, and connection to their business. And that's the opportunity for the people who are listening, your small business owners, that um, you and I and they have this opportunity to create much deeper connections than a giant corporation because we are the face of our businesses and we get to know our customers intimately and what an incredible opportunity to make a difference. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. To be that hub of connection in that time particularly as well. Um, okay. I, last little question. Uh, that I, that I have, I guess, you know, when things did shut down and I don't usually kind of do current events sort of stuff, but I think this is from this point forward, very relevant. And it already was to be honest, but you know, a lot of the businesses that I work with went online. A lot of the pivots were to online. Mm. Um, E-commerce grew in a lot of different segments and basically 
it got it got noisy uh and i i hear this from people you know they they say it feels like everyone's shouting it feels like there's it, there's a lot of noise on just generally online and maybe they're spending more time there maybe it is noisier um but i i, I get this feedback or this sense and i guess you know we've talked about not it, we've talked about resonating with a few people and having meaningful conversations. How, what's a starting point? You know, if the business owner is listening and they're already feeling that it's really noisy and maybe they're even a little bit overwhelmed and the thought of putting themselves out there or is trying to get going with this is attractive, but it just feels like it's so much. What's the first step? What do you share with people? How do they, what's the, I uh, may feel even a little bit tactical, but kind of what's the, what's your guidance? How do we get going? What's the one foot in front of the next to sort of kick that off? Well, let's think about that for a second. The reason that I think it feels noisy is because we're trying to talk to everyone. And, and the, if you, if you see a lot of noise out there, it's because people are shouting to be heard. And, and that's not your job. Uh, you, your job is to whisper and your job is to be helpful and to be believed, not just noticed. Mm. So who are the first five people you can speak to? Um, you know, who were those personal trainers who as soon as, um, as soon as the restrictions came into place, were still down in Fitzroy Gardens uh, training people who were the brands that did well in that moment of crisis? They were the ones that could be responsive to their audiences there and because they knew them intimately, not just reactive to the situation. Um, one of the fitness brands I'm thinking about is the Les Mills fitness brand. And, and you might say, well, they're just giants in, in the world, but they started, as you know, in a tiny corner of New Zealand mm. and built something that, uh, was worth talking about. And I'm a devotee of that brand, actually. They're one yeah. of my love marks. And I, I love that they're a family business, that they, they can pivot, they can listen to feedback, um, and they understand intimately the change that they're here to create. So they're not trying to be for everyone. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Uh, okay. I think that's pretty much it. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Is there anything else, you know, at this stage that we, you'd like to share or that we need to be thinking about or that you'd, you know, uh, suggest to us to kind of think about or consider maybe in our marketing or our businesses or, um, in our writing or anything like that, as we kind of I don't want to say come out of this time, but you know, a lot of businesses are reopening and, and sort of getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, I think, uh, Jane, uh, I think John, what you, what you were alluding to earlier, which was that some people are seeing this not as a disaster, but some people are asking what's the opportunity in this and how can I show up to serve as opposed to, um, seeing it as doom and gloom. Okay, that, that's not, there are some people who are not in the position that we are in, who can't, who are in employment and who are in different spots. But the people listening to, the, to this podcast 
are resourceful. Mm. They've done it before. They're scrappy and creative. So mm. tap into that energy to serve the people who you serve. And I think you'll find opportunities to still keep going and doing your best work. Beautiful. I think that's the perfect place to wrap it up. And thank you so much. You know, I just want to say, um, you know, your, your, calm energy the way that you write the the words that you share and the stories that you share uh it's it's really nice and it's really you know the word refreshing pops up but it's not that it's something different and it it means a lot and you're setting a, a beautiful example and i know i look up to your work a lot and it's um it's helped to almost be a bit of a north star of if a shiny a shiny object or you know some new tactic pops up that i'm sparks my interest i can come back to you know the work that you're doing and and the path that you've created and it sort of reminds me of what's possible and and um what feels right and what really resonates as well so thank you for that thanks john you know um if it wasn't for you and people like you i'd have no reason to write so uh thank you for showing up to read and uh, it's just a privilege to write for you and to speak to you today and to your get to your audience beautiful well thank you uh thank you so much and i'll pop um all of the links to the story skills workshop in particular and your website where the other books and uh stuff is available too so We'll make sure to include that. And and thank you so much again. Have a beautiful day down there. Thanks, John. Cheers. That's it for this episode of the Access Potential Podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you have any questions on this episode or any of the episodes, head over to uh, the email and send me an email, uh, john at johntmarsh.com. And happy to hear from you and check out any questions or feedback. Now, also make sure to head over to Bernadette's website. You can find her by searching for her name, Bernadette Jiwa, J-I-W-A, or go to her website, thestoryoftelling.com, thestoryoftelling.com. Make sure you sign up for her uh, little daily blogs as well, and they get sent out. And they're a real treat to get in the email Um, I particularly love them because, of course, I have an interest in um, not just the way she sees the world, but also the way she writes the storytelling as well. So uh, it's been a great uh, influence and a great addition to the emails that I receive. So head over and check those out. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. See you on the next episode.